So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Marissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. Patty, I am just so excited today. We've got so much in store for you. Um, thank you for joining us and leading the path. As always, our trusted advisor and nurse expertise is joining, co-hosting. Hi, Marissa. Good morning. Good morning. And we are so excited today to be talking to one of the folks that you've been following for quite some time now, um, Dr. Stephen Soar. Um, tell us a little bit why you're wanting to, you know, pick his brain and get to <laughs> just the heart of the matter, which we really will get to the heart of the matter today. Yeah, we're so excited to have Dr. Soar with us. Um, you know, through the world of Instagram, that's just how I've actually met a really um, you know, good amount of friends and colleagues through Instagram. And I don't know how I came across his profile. I don't know if it was just um, you know, comments or I don't know what it was, but something about mm -hmm. him just made me like, okay, he's, he, I love what he's doing. I love his vibe. I think it was actually when you were like dancing in the background to like a <laughs> trance video or something. And it was, I just loved your energy. And I read a little bit about your bio, about how you had back surgery and you hurt, you had herniated disc. And I've actually had, you know, the same uh, journey as well. I had back surgery when I was, um, it was three months after I had my, my first baby. So, that I could definitely relate to, which I'd like to talk to you about Dr. Soar, but um, yeah, I just, I love that you, you know, one, that you advocate for nurses, PAs, and for, you know, um, for the industry as a whole, but also just your, your functional medicine and getting down to the root of the cause. So, so excited to speak with you today. Well, thank you well, so much for having said, me. Dr. Soar, welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm so excited. I love sharing uh, just my little two cents, my message, and hoping we can just help people and whoever's listening to just do better, live better, and all that. So thanks for having me. Again. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we're just so excited to, and we're definitely going to get to some, some key questions here, but I feel like the biggest takeaway for us is always that disconnect with our client that is searching for the latest and greatest skincare and aesthetic solution that they just really want to feel and look their best. But when we start kind of like, you know, no pun intended, going below the surface there and start really asking those hard questions about what are you doing at home and how are you taking care of your every other part of your body and that sort of thing. Um, you know, that's where it kind of becomes a little unraveled and sometimes a little challenging to have that conversation. I'm so excited to actually just get some tips and ways to really just help our clients get to the heart of the matter of really, this is why your skin looks the way it does and all that good stuff. So um, let's start with a little bit of background. How did you, how did you specialize all that good stuff? Yeah, so I have a non-traditional route. So I did not just go high school, college, med school. There was a lot in between all of that. And it actually started when I was in college. I stood up from doing homework, um, 18 years old, just like any other freshman in college is gonna do. And I had pain that just shot down my leg. And I had no idea what was going on. I was just 18 years old. I was an architecture major actually. So for me, it was always a blend of art and science. And uh -huh. 
it it just it really changed my world. I, I couldn't walk to school. I couldn't sit in a chair. It, it was really debilitating at 18. And I was like, oh my gosh, did you like get an accident? Did you lift something heavy? I'm like, no, definitely nothing of the sorts. Um, I come from a pretty conventional or traditional Jewish background. So it was always like, just be careful. Don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Don't push <laughs> yourself. You're fine. Kind of let the old Jewish prince vibe. So no, I never did anything athletic. <laughs> I mean, I'm anything further from, from that. I, and as I'm a physician now and I'm dealing with needles, I'm all about the fine detail, not big, heavy objects catching and throwing. So um, it, was just, it just happened, you know, and it really was probably, I like to call it the best worst thing that's ever happened to me because it turned out to be that pivotal moment that changed my trajectory. And I have been able to, as a result of that back injury, change the lives of thousands of people. And it continues to blossom, creating that ripple effect, all from that one little injury, that oops, that happy accident, as Bob Ross likes to call it, right? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Isn't that how it normally happens, though? We kind of get that aha moment and we're like, oh, okay, we need to address this. Sure. And, you know, my father's a pharmacist. My uncle is an eye surgeon. So I knew the medical industry kind of growing up. Like I remember counting to five at the pharmacy, just counting pills on the thing and double checking it, just helping out when I can. And I I was told not to go into medicine because how awful the industry is. And I got pushed away from doing that. So I looked into other things. So I ended up in architecture because I was artsy and sciencey and um, yeah, life just really helped me get in that direction in, in such a quick way, way faster than I had wanted it to, you know, life just sometimes pulls you and, you know, throughout that journey into my early adult years, like 18 forward, I was dealing with this back injury and, um, I went to one of the top neurologists in New Jersey where I'm from. And I mean, I've known his son, since I'm five years old, we played Nintendo together, you know, so very comfortable with this man. And he's, he told my dad, he's like, we're not operating on him. Uh, he's 18. He'll be fine. Just a little PT and he'll get better. And I really didn't get better for a really long time. So it was pretty excruciating and not being able to sit in a chair for a couple of years and without any discomfort. And, you know, as the years went by, I started to get into actual like yoga and, and lifting weights and getting my body into a connection. And I, I vacillated between mind and body and spirit. And I wound up at, at a chiropractor's office and life started moving in that direction. And I was like, oh, maybe I should be a chiropractor. So I started looking into medical schools like lightly. And then I went again, seriously. And when I looked at all the different medical uh, schools and the different backgrounds that I can go with, I, I didn't want to just crack backs. I mean, I can adjust and I, it's that, oh my God, so satisfying that crunch, right? Mm-hmm. That sound yeah. feels so good. Oh my gosh. But I didn't, I didn't think that my life was just going to be about um, adjusting someone because there's so much more to my story than just adjusting someone. And I really wanted to be able to utilize all of my art skills, all of my science brain, like you ladies have watched like the big bang theory, you know, Sheldon, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. have a Sheldon inside of me. <laughs> I actually have oh my gosh. Shown. Yeah, no, so I can see bad. that. I can, I kind of see it. Yes, I definitely see So that. I was nature boy growing up. Like I knew everything about like why the sky was blue and all that. So I wanted to find an application, you know, when you're figuring out like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I wanted something that I could apply all of my natural born gifts and talents and skills into something that the world needs and, you know, helping find out purpose. So I, I landed in a yoga class and, uh, there was a doctor there. He was a naturopathic doctor. And I'm like, naturopathic? Like, what, what is that? And so I started looking into that. I looked at osteopathic and then your traditional MD allopathic. And I went to the med- the medical school and I, it's so funny how marketing gets you, right? It's so clean and simple. <laughs> and it said, mind of a doctor, heart of a healer. Ah. I was like, where, where, where do I sign? <laughs> Because yeah, like it aligned so well with me. At that time, I was a yoga instructor and just like, mm-hmm. it was, this was before Instagram. So mm-hmm. I'd be so Instagram famous if I was just having like my little Instagram photo shoots. You, my mean, you already photos. are Instagram famous. That's how I was. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I could be like really like traveling the world and like Bali and like yoga pose. So I, I have a couple of those, but you know, when I, I, I was getting into medical school, I had to go back to to school again and get my bachelor's in science. So I, being the science major that I have always been, had a business degree. I had some undergrad classes already banked up and all I had to do was take science classes. Ladies, when you take a science nerd and say, just focus on science and you don't have to do like math and English anymore and all those prereqs are out of the way, I was in pure heaven. My last semester in undergrad, I went to ASU, was cell biology, endocrinology, and biochemistry. Mm. I mean, heaven <laughs> couldn't have gotten any sweeter. I wow. had so many incredible moments in undergrad. So when I ran into medical school, I hit the ground running so fast. I had such a great base of knowledge and excitement. Um, I was a little bit bored my first year. So I was tutoring and I became the TA in biochemistry at the med school. And I just excelled. I loved, loved, loved helping people. And I got there because of pain. So my special focus was like, I'm going to do pain management. And in my very first year in med school, I heard this word called prolotherapy and prolotherapy. What the heck is that? That's like, was naturopathic to me. I'm like, it was a foreign word. So I looked into it and it was another doctor that came to the school, did a little one-to-one like lunch meeting on what it is. And it was injecting sugar into the body to heal ligaments, tendons, and joints. Hmm. So our, one of our core principles in naturopathic medicine is to stimulate the body to heal itself. And it, tying into aesthetics, I'm sure you've heard of Sculptra and Radius yes. and PRP. This is, yes. this is in pure alignment with what we do. So absolutely, you know, fast forward into today's practice that I'm at, I have a wellness clinic that we can stimulate the body to heal, whether you're in pain or pain of vein, pain of joints, whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. We can help you heal in really profound, deep ways by addressing those root causes. When we age, mm-hmm. what are we losing? Collagen. Well, mm-hmm. that prolotherapy, which was a sugar shot, has fast forwarded and evolved into what it is now with biostimulators. So mm-hmm. get your mind thinking about that. I'm like, this is what I do. Yeah. It sounds like such a like great, in in theory, it sounds like such a great yin and yang and just so just everything, everybody, I, we just, I just need it. 
how do you communicate to the journey to the client? Because I feel like that's where it's like, yes, it sounds so good, but what? I have to actually do a little work here. Sure. So I think that's a fantastic question because you can't just overload everybody. I can't Sheldon everybody all at once. I just warn them ahead of time that it might come out, but I'll pay attention. I used to talk a lot and people glazed over. So Mm -hmm. I now know when that moment is happening. So I'll I'll zoom Mm -hmm. in and out. So I'll throw in a little dad joke. Marissa, no, uh, <laughs> so, no pun like, intended. I was like, no, no, no. Intend those puns, please, Patty. Do not hold back the yeah. fact that you're aware of like when your patients start to glaze over, because the fact that you're aware of that, not a lot of doctors or people that just talk a lot would like get that or see that. And they would just, you know, they would just go about their way. So you're, you know, that's good that you actually notice that. Thank you. Yeah. It's important because you're, it you're is, working yeah. with psychology and we're all therapists, right? Even if you're getting your hair and nails done, like they're your therapist. Exactly. Here to be able to help each other out and be part of the community. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that that old school dinosaur mentality of the doctor knows everything and everybody else is scum. Like, you know, like Greg House MD, like, you know, patients lie and, you know, <laughs> you're an idiot. And no, that we, that's, that's funny. Like it's, it's entertaining, but it's absolutely horrible. That'd be, that would get canceled in today's day and age. Right. Right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest question mark we always have is to help the client get to those points of self-awareness and taking those steps to fix, not just what's superficially on the outside, but what's on the inside and so now you have specific treatments that you like to marry with your treatment protocols. Okay. Can you share a little bit of that? Sure. So I think the most important thing when somebody comes in is what is the main thing for them? They're like, I want this, or I'm noticing this. So I start with what their CC is, what their chief concern is. Not a complaint. I don't, I don't, they're not complaining. <laughs> it's just a concern for them. Okay. Wording. I'm a word nerd. I like to play yeah. with juxtaposition words. Okay. And then we say, okay, does that align? Is that the root cause? Is that the main thing that, that I need to focus on? So I like to align their wants with what their needs are. I think sometimes we're just a little bit out of focus. We're very marketed into a consumer mentality. It's very transactional. Like you want your hair just a half an inch shorter. So you go to the, that's what I want. It's like, okay, but that's what you want, but that might not be actually what your hair needs or just as another example. So- I'll, I'll listen to people. And if I start getting these little signals in my mind and I'm like, there's more to this than just whatever their concern is, I'm going to ask some deeper questions. And I like to look at blood work. I think blood work really is that thing that is black and white on page. And when we interconnect all of these different blood work uh, biomarkers together, we start to get a more of a fuller picture. So inflammation, gone wild is a bad thing, but inflammation is good. I mean, it's, that's how our body heals and and restores itself. But if it's happening all the time, what are the ramifications of that? So we really have to look at our patients and say, is this something that's going to work for them? So I won't inject somebody if they're a hot mess, because I know that they're not going to get the best results. We'll have that conversation. There's things that can be a quick fix, like, okay, do your neuromodulator. That's fine. You know, that's not Mm -hmm. something that's going to be better or worse because you're inflamed. Your metabolism Mm -hmm. might be a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. when it's coming to times like a biostimulator or doing any type of laser, microneedling, any of those types of of services that we offer, you really need to pump the brakes on, on people if they are screaming 
all these red flags at you. And as someone that's getting into the field, because this show is very much about talking to the um, the nurse, the PA that just sure. really wants to transition over to aesthetics. Mm-hmm. And to have this kind of just awareness um, it is so critical, I feel, before you even step into this field. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you recommend to someone that is just a total noob, just really wanting, and, and you know, we're so conditioned, like you said, with, you know, all the stuff on Instagram and everything with like the message of this is what you need to fix this. This is what you need to fix that. But having more just depth to their approach before they even step in. Right. I think everyone is on this this curve that they're trying to be the master right out the door and be the top injector or be that kind of celebrity status instantly. And that doesn't work. And I always check people and I have students and interns that um, come through the office and they, they're really inquisitive. They love everything that I do, but it's about their personal journey, right? If you are going into healthcare, you are a healer in some way, shape or form. If this does not align with you and your core beliefs, you're going to burn out. It's not going to. It's not going to work. If you're in this only for money, I think that's going to really start to hurt people, because if you have a tool, you're they're going to be the thing that that tool works on. So to the mm-hmm. uh, hammer, the world is a nail, and you can't do that. Well, you shouldn't do that. Not to right. shoot on people. So. Don't shit on me. I won't shit on you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Patients are going to catch up on that too. When you, when Absolutely. you try to have that celebrity status or, you know, um, and they see it and I hear about this all the time about people going to see so-and-so that they follow on Instagram and then seeing it in person. And it's a complete disaster. Sure. You know, anything that they portrayed on their Instagram page or things that they heard about. So, right. you know, doing research and um, getting, you know, referrals from other people. I mean, we don't do a whole lot of marketing, but we do a lot of patient referrals and just um, the best way to market. On that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think paid ads or the, the group on the little, those little kind of deals that people go after, you're attracting a certain clientele that isn't necessarily bad. It's just if you don't educate the patient when they walk through right. the door, they're treating it like they got a deal on their nails or their hair. It's different. Mm-hmm. This is this is different. medicine and, and we are in healthcare. So we have a different layer of codes of ethics and morals. We have to hold ourselves to those standards and reflect back to that first do no harm. And, and that could be to their, to their wallet as well. If somebody's mm-hmm. a surgical candidate and you want to just keep injecting them, you're going to rack up their their bills so high when surgery would have been the perfect solution for them. They just need coaching and they need permission to say it's okay to go get surgery. This is going to save you money in the long run. What's the right thing to do? And then you can help them getting to that level of clarity. Right. That is such a good word. Permission to say no, permission to go, permission, because I feel like we try so hard sometimes in the space just to keep your client because it's a competitive space like anything else, but we try so hard to keep the client, you know, and keep them happy and keep them with us that I feel that sometimes that grip is so uh, it doesn't serve the client. And, you know, at our practice, we actually make it a practice to tell the client, no, I feel like an intense IPL 
is not going to be what we can give you. It's out. It's not our wheelhouse. If you want something intense, that's more injury control by someone that's a little bit more, you know, qualified, you need to be talking to a dermatologist. You need to go see a dermatologist. We do a lot of that turning away in, in that respect, because we, I don't know if it's a California thing, but we get so many people obviously with, and probably there in Arizona too, the sun damage is, you know, I know I need to get it lifted. And I know if I do an intense IPL and, and that sort of thing, these are again, examples of just, it's okay to say no. And I I'm so happy to hear you say that because that's a big one. Sure. Especially in our, in our sunny climates. I think mm-hmm. that's really important. The IPL is not a permanent solution. It's going to lift the, you know, melanin, it's going to lift those granules up and exfoliate. But if you continue to do that damage and then from the internal medicine side, the biochemistry side, there's been so much damage to the cells, to their DNA that they're not, they're misfiring. They're not functional, but we have tools to help repair those tools inside of us, our, our inherent, you know, repair mechanisms, our enzymes, all of our proteins that are in there. So if you're in healthcare and you want to get started in aesthetics, this is not just like pick up the needle and go. Mm -hmm. It's education, it's training. You have to seek further training and a weekend course is absolutely not enough. Mm -hmm. How did you, you, Dr. Sword, get your aesthetic experience? I had a personal training from a very experienced injector we sat down, we went through it. I did go to some conferences ahead of time before I started injecting to learn the science of the tools that we use. And then from that, you start to build into the art because this is this is absolutely art and science. Mm-hmm. And knowing your product, knowing your device, knowing what all of the options are, it's our responsibility as healthcare providers to really deliver informed consent. And I think this is the most lacked component in all of aesthetic medicine. And I would say most of medicine, it's informed consent. Take two and call me in the morning is not informed consent. The patient deserves the right to get the information that they need. And it is our privilege as healthcare providers. It's not our right to, it's their rights. It's our privilege to practice to be able to deliver that information accordingly. So let's say somebody wants an IPL, but they'd be best to use a tyrosinase inhibitor as prep work or doing a light chemical peel to start to lift up that stratum corneum to lift those layers up to get a better thing to get to IPL. Right. Instead of, I want the IPL, go in and get it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like thinking about what is the algorithm in our treatment plan and then timing. They're like, I have a wedding next weekend. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> they do that too. You're laughing. Cause it's like, this happens. It's all true. Oh, it does. It's, and it's just it's, it's, every day. It's unrealistic expectations. It's mm-hmm. I want it. I want it now. It's like the, uh, uh, Oompa Loompa Veruca salt. I want an Oompa Loompa now daddy. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. the doctor. I get to say what goes like, this is, this is, what's right for you. I'm, I promise I'm not trying to make your life miserable. I'm trying to make sure that you don't have a more miserable life and um, complications will happen. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. But it's so, it's so cool that, you know, that there definitely is, is the, the conversations being had, but I, I see it. People are getting a little bit more selective about um, 
not just doing everything that looks attractive on Instagram or or somebody tells them to do and people are getting more informed. Um, What are two things, Marissa, you had asked, what are two things you love and two things you hate about this industry? Uh, I think the industry itself is a love-hate because of what people do to it. It's a wonderful profession and it's a wonderful community. If you don't get caught up in the hype and you don't do what's only trending, but you're doing what's right for the patient. So that's a love hate for sure. Money is an amplifier and it only makes you more of who you are. So if you are just in this to buy shoes and go on trips and vacations and live your best life, that's okay. Just know that about yourself, but make sure that you check that at the door and do what's right for the patient. Are you going after a one-time sale or are you going to build a relationship that's deep? And when you're talking about referrals, I have referrals that are over 10 tiers deep. The person who's in my chair doesn't even know who that person is that initially wow. came to my door years ago. I mean, it's unbelievable when you become that professional that trade who's in the community in which you serve, it is way better to do the low and slow and deep approach. But that takes perseverance. Mm -hmm. It takes guts. It's the depression roller coaster. It's getting the win. Do you want the marshmallow now or do you want 10 down the road? You know, where, when, where's the carrot? Are you dangling it now? Or is it so far out in the future? How do you get these little wins in life? This is personal growth, you know? And if somebody is working in a hospital right now as a nurse, PA or a doctor, uh, anything in healthcare, the burnout, the the moral injury that's being caused from the business, the insurance, the economics of things, and then the pandemic and the politics of things, which please, let's just not talk about that here. it's making people want to run instead of are you can you still have that thing that brought you into medicine exactly the thing that got you in the door because you wanted to help people right Mm -hmm. can you still have that love even through all the craziness do you still love people right you know i think that that's that's the love even through all the so necessary that love. I mean, it's, I see it. I see it as, you know, I, I manage the practice. Marissa is the, the head nurse and works on the technical and medical side. I work on the business side and everything you're saying, you know, speaks volumes to me because it's kind of a, you're, you're torn a lot of times because you do have to watch the bottom line. You do have to make sure that the practice is doing well and that everyone is making money and all of the above. But at the end of the day, you you see so clearly the nurses and the folks that are in it to truly serve the client, to have those lifelong relationships. I always tell everyone, this is a high trust business. If you don't build that, you will not have a career in this business. And they hear it, but they don't always, it doesn't sink in. And then they start, well, I want to make more money and I get... I get more money at a hospital and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, if that's what you're after, then go back to the hospital. Mm -hmm. This is not the place. It's more about, you know, do people want to come back and see you, bring their friends, bring their family? Do they trust you? Yeah. I think this is so appropriate because you're saying 
do I have a job or do I have a career? Because a job, you get paid by the hour, you get paid by the job versus this is your passion. And the more that you invest into it, your background, your skills, the things that you can bring to the table and seeing this as that relationship building, like, okay, people cancel off the schedule and things move around. What do you do in that off chance? What do you do in your downtime? How are you building yourself up? Even if you work at a clinic with a lot of practitioners, that doesn't mean that you're successful. You're just sitting in a, in a physical space. You can't just hang your shingle and expect people to come. Right. So I don't like that employee mentality. I, I don't think that that is the way in which a doctor or a healthcare practitioner should practice is from an employee mindset because that's they are so general. important that right. I love that you just brought that up because one of the things, and the reason why we have this podcast is yeah. because Marissa and I are both, we, we agreed early on, we're going to teach these nurses how to think and have their practice within our practice, how to yeah. think for themselves, how to build a business of their own, their own identity, their own following all of it within our practice. Our job is to honor the doctor, but not to, he's, he's not who they're coming to see. They're coming to see you, the nurse, and they're wanting to build relationships with you. Mm -hmm. So I love that you said that because I don't feel like a lot of doctors think that way. And it's so critical. Because they're coming from the hospitalist mentality. Mm -hmm. They don't have to think about anything. They just come in, they practice the medicine and they leave. They don't run the business. They don't run the patient. The nurses run the patient. Let's be honest. If you're a nurse, you know what happens in a hospital. The doctors just run in and doing the rounds. Right. But it's, you go to healthcare and this is why I'm sassy on Instagram. This is what gets me really riled up. I'm not naturally a sassy person. I mean, I guess some people would argue that I am, but I I get upset that people are being hurt And I go into defense mode. Like I go big brother, like I have to puff. Don't, I never, ever want to puff that doctor because that, I don't care what the doctor is. I don't care what my piece of paper is. I'm a damn good clinician and there are injectors. This happened over the weekend. I had a, a little bit of a sassy eruption. Oh yeah. Your rants. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. Uh, (laughs) and, And I think that that's, we're community over competition. I think that that is a really good hashtag. That's something that people need to understand is we really are better and stronger together. When a complication happens, uh, mm-hmm. who do you turn to? You, Cause when you're in your practice by yourself and something bad happens, you've got some decision-making to do right now. Mm-hmm. You need to make judgment calls and you can pass the buck. You can own it. You can be there when something bad happens. It's always, everything's fine when everything's fine, but it's not okay when something goes wrong and you don't know what to do. You don't know how to handle that patient. You don't know how to handle yourself. It's personal growth. And learning how to think on your own is critical to me. I've met so many nurses that feel insubordinate because that's how they're treated in a hospital. And I absolutely don't do that. Oh my gosh, we're not here to do that, not in, yeah. not in aesthetic medicine by any means. If you are a nurse and you need a medical director, that's just the way that it is. It's fine, but have good open dialogue, be transparent, be authentic, just have a really great attitude. Mm-hmm. And, and we get caught up when things start moving really, really fast. And we're used to being really, really fast. And we're so uncomfortable being slow. 
Well, it's that instant gratification at the end of yes. the day. We're not, we're, we're so conditioned to, you know, get that, get it here, get it now, Amazon, you know, delivery. Kind of thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's that quick it's fix hard. is quicker and more and more addictive to get that quick mm-hmm. fix. And even with doing a hyaluronic acid filler, like, Yes, what you see is what you get, but you got to go through that two week process. It's going to integrate. And then what happens in a year? It's going to start to dissolve itself naturally through the enzymatic process. So if you go from a high molecular weight, long chain of HA, which is pretty stable, to smaller, low molecular weight pieces of HA, low molecular weight HA is inflammatory. So with inflammation, you bring water and then mm-hmm. things start moving around and it gets uncomfortable. And I'm sure Marissa, you've had this and I'm sure Patty as well, this has probably come to your attention, how a patient doesn't want to dissolve what happened in the mm-hmm. past. They don't want to dissolve it. It's like they, they've owned it, but right. you haven't owned your filler, right? right. Dr. K <laughs> is a really good friend that I, I got a chance to meet in person a few weeks ago in Dallas and she has this, do you want to rent or own your filler? And I like to own, so that's fine. That's just, mm-hmm. that's biostimulation, that's collagen, that's regenerative medicine, regenerative mm-hmm. aesthetics, regenerative orthopedics. I'm like, yes, own your health. Yes, I'm all for that. But if you're renting, realize mm-hmm. that when that lease is up, you're gonna have to clean up first. Mm-hmm. You gotta move out before you can have somebody, another tenant move in and rent. Right. That's a great illustration. I love that. that They've, you know, they've had filler after filler and they think it looks great. But then when you give them that difficult news that all the the money that they've invested and the time, whether it's years of filler and, you know, in order to get this aesthetically beautiful result, we have to start over. It just, it has to be done. And a lot of them have a hard time swallowing that. They do. But at the end of the day, if you push and hold your ground, they're going to love you and respect you. Mm-hmm. And that will speak volumes that will ripple out in multiples because you were honest, you were truthful and you did the right thing. Right. Cause it's not about what they want. I get what they want, but they don't know what that means that they need to do. Again, mm-hmm. we are healthcare providers. We're professionals that are trained. We are not Dr. Googles. We're not TikTok or Instagram stars. We are medical professionals. Yeah. That's such a big, yeah. And that's, that is such a big driver nowadays. So looking forward, um, what are some of the the trends and some of the things that you feel are good and some are that are maybe kind of dangerous, not so good? Sure. Um, I'm definitely, I don't think I'm biased because I do what I do, but I think it's because that's where the evidence is really leading us to is everything in the regenerative, the restoration Mm -hmm. side of medicine. It's so much better to treat what we know people are going to be ailing from, not just this year, but in 10, 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. So that pre-care, a lot of people say, oh, prevention is the best medicine. I'm like, prevention is means you're preventing something, but there's a difference. And I'm going to go into one of my little rants here between being proactive versus reactive. Mm -hmm. So I do this little lay out my hands like the matrix with the blue pill (laughs) and the red pill. Mm -hmm. And I say victim and warrior. Mm. And I'm very, very clear with every single person that I will not help that victim mentality. 
bad things happen to everyone. Mm -hmm. Stress happens to everybody, but it's your perspective and your attitude, your belief system that's going to influence what your decision path is. Einstein said there's only two choices, fear or love. And if you go down through something that, because you're afraid, you're going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. One of the amazing slogans from the Injection Academy is the fear of injection is the fear of anatomy. Right. Instead, nerd out with me, fellow healthcare <laughs> professionals. Nerd out and name that artery. Name that nerve. Name that landmark. Where's this tubercle? What does a tubercle mean? What, what are all these eminences? Like explain and understand your anatomy. Get artistic if you're going to be in an art-based field. Mm. You know, like yeah. anatomy drawings, just sketch. And when and the first thing when you wake up or have a cup of coffee or tea and just express art. Mm -hmm. You know, what's your medium? Yeah. We use needles and syringes and all these things. It's It can scare people, but if you have an admiration and honor and a respect for an individual and their individuality, mm -hmm. and you're going to do really, really good work. Do not cookie cutter medicine. I'm really, really against cookie cutter medicine. It, it's, it's not always just strict protocol, do the same thing for every single person. You can't put neuromodulator in the same pop spot. Like you can just right. like map it out and just like put right. a face mask on and that's where it lands. No, follow their anatomy, follow exactly. their lines, play with their tissue. Are they young? Are they old? Are they big, small, thick or thin, healthy, not healthy. That all has to go into your decision path. And that's where customization, personalization, I just call it doing the right thing, but that that's very, very far advanced is because when you're just starting off, you don't know what the right thing is. You want to do the right thing, but you don't know or have that skill set yet. Yet. Do you see how I throw yet into the end of things? Because so, mm -hmm. it will happen. Yeah. People get stuck in the I can't. Oh, I don't know. Or I'm ugh, I'm not good enough. Like every master begins as a disaster. <laughs> that for itself. Yes. <laughs> have you ever injected but... sterile water into you instead of saline? <laughs> I'm honest. I've done it. I've I've injected air. When I thought a syringe was full of, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I've done that early on. Okay. Yeah. As long as it's not in a vessel, that's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 That's well, we're, we're afraid because of TV movies like, oh, they injected air in the vein and they die. Like it takes a lot mm -hmm. more to kill somebody than that little tiny bit. But I'm not trying to give people permission to inject air. Please don't take that. No, 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 no. If, it, if it's inside of, of the tissue versus inside of a vessel, it's not gonna, you know, it's gas, it just diffuses. So we inject ozone into things, into joints. That's I see, yeah, see ozone going like under the eyes. Is that is that a real thing? Um, it can, well, so are you talking about the carboxy therapy? Maybe, okay, maybe it's there. that, yeah. Yeah, and that's not, careful with the move, say under things, it's really just in the skin, just it's an intradermal injection versus sub Q or anything deeper there. And that's meant to irritate, cause inflammation and produce collagen. Everything is about stimulating the body to heal itself. Right. All of our therapies that are micro injury, whether it's a laser, a needle, or even our biostimulators are tricking the body that it's injured. And the desired result is that your body goes and heals itself. So I think that in your intake form, now I'm going to shit on people, 
how well do you heal should be a question mm-hmm. because you'd be surprised if somebody has an autoimmune condition if they're always sick all the time how well are they actually healing mm-hmm. again that's that hot mess scenario you have to you have to know that about that patient because you did these lips on this person and oh my god it's gorgeous and they're like i want that and I get it. Of course you want that. It's gorgeous. Like it's beautiful. You did wonderful work on that other person, but this new person's coming in, sitting in your seat and they're just not going to be, they're going to be so upset, disappointed, bad things can happen. Yeah. You know? Mm. So I think yeah. that there's so much, there's so many pearls that I'm, I'm hopefully sharing to your listeners that are just inspiring them to think a little bit deeper and a little bit broader on on what it is that they're doing and this is nothing to be afraid about really this community our aesthetic community from our plastic surgeons to our physicians our nurse practitioners our physician associates now i'm very happy about that and our nurses and support staff oh my gosh our ma's my front desk is absolutely amazing absolutely amazing she cannot make any medical decisions She's not trained. She does. That's not her jam, but she's wonderful as my support. I tell everybody, I'm like, it's her business. She just tells me where I go. I don't (laughs) run my calendar. I mess it up every single time. I I don't, I don't abdicate things. I delegate. And I think that's important. You know, if you see somebody joking, you know how, what the ABCs and one, two, threes are. It's like, go call 911, make sure check the surroundings. Then you start chest compressions and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) There's a, there's a method to the madness, but there's an art and a science to it. I was watching one of um, an amazing plastic surgeon doing a live demo and I was watching his brain. I was watching every move he made and it was completely tea ceremony, meditation, every single motion, the way he touched, the way that he approached and turned, it was light, it was delicate, it was precise. I was in like awe and it was so beautiful to watch somebody who is that well experienced at surgery, how they handle just even using a needle. It was beautiful. Was this that aesthetic next? It was, yeah. Okay, so I, I wanna watch, I haven't, I have the on demand, I haven't watched it yet. I still, I missed your lecture. I need to go back and watch it, but yeah. who, can you tell me who it was? I will let you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I see his face. I don't want, I don't want to butcher his name because it's, it's a little bit um, challenging to pronounce. So, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. There were some really good lectures coming out of that conference. I'm, I need to have the time to actually go through it, but yeah. yeah. I think continuing education is incredible. And if you can get in person, something else happens. It is absolutely worth that time that you will have to compromise from your practice and traveling away from your family and your life to go be with people. And it's like fast and furious. It's a lot of energy in there, but you get so much out of going to a conference. And it's not just about the lecture. Oh my gosh. It's having conversations with other people off the record, just speaking about, hey, what do you do with this? Little pearls here and there. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. We're all here to learn. We're all here to share our own unique experiences to just really elevate this. This is a specialty for sure, but it doesn't have a board certification. <laughs> that drives me. I think it cut out when you were uh, talking about your uh, your rant that you went on, but um, somehow it disconnected and I came back on. But um, yeah, I mean, I 
I, I think I told you that I've been, you know, a, a victim and I will, you know, I'll gladly tell myself to call myself that because it, that's exactly what happened at a office that I worked at. And it, it was very discouraging and it almost left me, you know, wanting to leave the field because I just, I just thought I was disgusted by the way I was being treated. And, you know, if everywhere is like this and I don't want to be any part of it, but um, thankfully we're not, I'm not in that situation anymore. And, you know, right now I'm taking my career sort, I'm trying to be more of a mentor and a trainer and training new nurses and leading that path. I'm, you know, everything that you're saying, Dr. Soar is kind of what I'm all about as far as, you know, the passion for the industry, but also you have to be uh, empathetic and it, it, you can't just go after it because of the money. There's yeah. so much more. And um, it drives me absolutely crazy when there's a nurse that wants to be in this industry, but they, they're really just in it for the money and they're not sure of what they want to do. They have a site, you know, they're an actress on the side or an actor. And then you go through investing in them and training them. And then they just decide that, you know, it's not for them when you had no idea, you had no idea that it wasn't, they weren't thinking that it was for them, but then they just, they leave and, um, you know, yeah. it's hard Patty, to find people just as passionate as, as you and I are. <laughs> I think that's huge. And Patty, as, as you know, an entrepreneur and a business owner, um, one of my favorite little lines is hire for personality and train for skill. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you are saying this person's got this incredible accolades and all this, da, 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 but their attitude sucks mm -hmm. and you can feel like they're just going to try to mooch or, or like leech off of you. That's, yeah. that's, that's a toxic yeah. relationship waiting to happen. That's like, like hitting every it. note right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's hey, you know, she's, she knows exactly what you're talking about. She's, yeah. she's been through it. It takes time to build people up and it does. And it yeah. takes a lot of coaching and time out of your day where you could be spent, you know, just being busy in your room and doing what you're doing versus training somebody. But I think it has to be that investment that you take and that, that co-relationship that you create together in your practice. And if it's a hostile work environment, like you were sharing with us, Marissa, then yeah, uh, hire slow, fire fast. That's a really mm -hmm. good one. But mm -hmm. you have to fire that boss fast too. You can get out of mm -hmm. there. You have the power to do so. Just have plans in place. But That's what's so good. delightful about this industry. And that's one of the reasons why we teach all of our nurses how to run their practice within our practice is that it, it really empowers them to see, I don't have to subscribe to this. This is not my culture. These are not my bees. I am going somewhere else and have the wherewithal to just start over and it's okay. And, you know, you, you really need to have that team behind you that says, you know, this is how you reframe it. Right. So it's good. It's so refreshing to hear a doctor say it because it really, it's so important. Well, thank you. I mean, everything about my journey is slightly left of center. Like I, I just, everything kind of curls and is twisting and turning. It's not direct. And I never wanted to be that doctor. I was told from the get-go to not be that kind of doctor. And I just decided not to do medicine, but then I was like, wait a minute, we got to pull it back. We can just do better. And, um, there were amazing doctors along the way from any designation. So I am not excited about the, the separation of different kinds of doctors. I went to a different medical school uh, and, and I, my training is, is all well and good. And, and I have my license to practice and I, I doesn't stop there. 
a piece of paper does not make you the expert. Right. It, it, it's not that. No one learns anything in school. It's a sample. It's a little. It's a. It's a curriculum that is a cookie cutter approach to get you the safety and the the desired skills that the profession believes at that moment is what's required to practice safely and effectively. But then it takes all of the other experiences and practice and communication and psychology and learning how to balance your time with whether you're taking care of yourself or taking care of others. A lot of people just run around taking care of everybody else. And those nurses that I'm, I'm speaking about nurses, but doctors as well, they're just so unhealthy. And I, I work right around the corner, right across the street from the hospital and they're outside smoking cigarettes and eating fast food on their break. That is literally the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah. I've been that nurse. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got out Marissa because you yeah. are, you're, you're such a good light in, in the industry and I'm, I'm loving everything that you're doing. So keep on. Right. That means, that means the world coming from you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, and to those that are listening to, I mean, you talked about, there's no, you know, certification or, um, you know, board certification for aesthetics. One thing that I see, so I'm, I tell Patty about this group all the time, but on Facebook, there's an aesthetic group of over like 14,000 aesthetic providers. And that there's always posts about, oh, I got my certification. I'm pretty much ready to start injecting. You know, two day course does not mean you're certified in aesthetics. And to the consumer, too, if we have listeners that are also, you know, listening in, but mostly for the providers that, you know, it, there is no certification right now for aesthetics. You can be a board certified dermatologist or a plastic surgeon, but there's no, no certification that says you are an expert in aesthetics. That's so, right. right. So that's, you know, you can't call yourself certified when you had a two day course. No, absolutely not. Yeah, we have that conversation a lot with, especially mm-hmm. with nurses that come in and I, I, I'm an expert, this injector and I did <laughs> And it's oh. like, how many people, how many faces have you actually injected? Well, I did my course and I, I, it's things like that. Or they, or they were allowed to do some injecting. It's a whole, it's a hot mess. And there's exactly. a lot of states even that don't even have a whole lot of protocol in place. So it's becoming more of a hot mess. Um, I'm excited to actually see the states coming in and saying, what, hold up, you know, and especially with these new high-low pens out there, those, those are oh, no. making me a little crazy, Fine. but um. Yeah, it's, there's a lot, there's a lot going on, but it's been so nice just hearing from your perspective, just slow it down, guys, take a breather, um, get, get real with, you know, where you're going and how you're going to navigate. And you may not have it all figured out. It may not all, you may not even end up where you think you're going to end up, but take the time. And that's what I'm hearing overall from your message. It's, you know, pace yourself and, you know, be one with the, the intention that you're really going for. Um, and I feel that that's, if, if that, you know, it's the whole, what you said, you know, fear and love thing, if there, it, that's really leading with love, you know, and, and leading with not, not the fear of not making money or the fear of like, if I don't get in on it now, <laughs> yeah, kind of mind. You have to always be the student. And um, I just want to add one more point that even though you get your training, I think you need to shadow intern and and train underneath somebody and watch them interact. Yes. Be the silent observer. 
be the secondary, be the, the person who's watching the interaction and learning from how another professional is speaking to a patient and the relationship building that happens when someone's in your chair because, oh, how's your husband or this and that. And, mm -hmm. and learning how to talk to different types of people. I mean, you can't just inject the same person every single time. Everybody's different. Everyone's stories are different. So right. learning from others. I think the shadowing interning should be part of it. Call it like a little mini residency, if you will, <laughs> after we yeah. get that board certification, whenever that happens, right? <laughs> but yeah. How do you install that into a system that's already going? Right. 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 Yeah. Well, thank you. Sorry, there's a lot of providers that are injectors that are trying to just build from scratch and be on their own and they're looking for a medical director and you know I'm sure you agree that that's really dangerous being by yourself just after a two day course. So, so you know finding a place where you can work with others that are experienced is really the path that you should be leading because there's really no other way to learn when you have when you're completely on your own and you're brand new problems and complications will happen you're going to need to reach right. out to your experienced um you know colleagues so but you gotta before we leave you gotta tell us your favorite dad joke oh, oh my god it's like i have all these like little babies how do i say which one i love the most <laughs> little <I> babies <laughs> so i mean on brand just because um i kind of felt like this was happening today and just in line with everything else, my dad joke for today is statistically speaking, nine out of 10 injections are in vain. <laughs> Make sure you aspirate, right? Sure you aspirate because as my friend Josh says, you are not God, so aspirate, right? Yes, that's yeah. funny. Oh, this has been so fun. Oh my gosh, so much fun. Thank you again. It's just always so just gratifying to have these real conversations and feel like, you know, there are people in our space that really do think like we do and really do um, not take themselves so seriously. You can have a little fun with this. If you're not, you know, having fun, then, you know, that's the other piece. It's, you should be having fun. So Absolutely. thank you for making it fun, Dr. Sor. We had nothing but Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure being here. And if anybody needs to reach out to me at all, feel free to DM me on Instagram. And I'm sure we can link that together in the show notes. So. Will do. And um, do you want to share your, your Instagram handle real quick? Yeah, it's my name, Dr. Steven Soar, Dr. Steven Soar, two R's. Perfect. And with that, guys, we will wrap another segment. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to sharing some more knowledge with you next time. Please join us again at Illuminating the Path. We'll see you guys soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.